Hello, everybody. This is Ty Rivera, and this is episode 8 of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I'm coming to you from high atop Ty Rivera Studios, a.k.a. Casa de Bijou. And this episode is called Farewell, Zach Elk. If you guys don't know, I lost my trusty sidekick last week. I mean, at first... I thought me and Zach were going to be in it forever. I thought Zach was going to be just my all-the-time sidekick. And I think Zach might have thought that, too. I'm not sure exactly what happened. I don't hold it against Zach. I know he has other things going. I know he has a life outside of me. Outside of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. But I thought we'd be able to work around that. Apparently not. Zach isn't the friend I thought he was, ladies and gentlemen. You're hearing it here first. Oh, no, I'm not mad. I'm not bitter. I understand that people have to do what they have to do. I respect people for their decisions. When I say people, I mean Zach. When I say decisions, I mean the decision to leave me. Ty Rivera. But Ty Rivera must remain unbothered. Or else I'll have to change the name of the show to Bothered. Very Bothered. And then it won't be by Ty Rivera anymore. It'll be with Ty Rivera. Because I'll expect you all to be bothered with me and hate Zach just like I do. No, the truth is I really don't hate Zach. I love Zach a lot. Zach's a good friend. Uh, I one day sent Zach a text message asking him how how hard it would be for me to set up a podcast. And Zach responded right away. And within a couple of days, we were doing my first episode. So I'm very grateful to Zach. I wish he could have hung out and you know, still worked on the podcast, but that's for my own selfish reasons. It's not like I felt like, or feel like he owed me anything. I mean, technically he did me a pretty big favor just by getting me started with this. Cause you know, I'd been pr- procrastinating for a while and I didn't know exactly how to do anything or how to even get myself on. Turns out it was really easy, but, uh, Zach made it even easier by doing it for me and then just showing me what I needed to be doing. And, even when it came to my equipment, like Zach had um, written it, well, printed it all out for me, like what it was I needed. And that's basically what I ended up getting. Instead of going with like uh, the other equipment he had uh, suggested, I went with an H4N. So that's what you guys are listening to. I'll be figuring more and more out about this myself. I know that there's a program that I can use, but I wasn't sure exactly how to do it. So for this one, I'm just going to load it into GarageBand and then see what I have to do from there. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about it. You know, like the way, like the original plan is still what I want to do. It's just, I had to assume that Zach was going to be like a regular part. Um, but what I plan to work up to, if you guys don't know, is I want to eventually have this be like a panel. But for right now, um, I think it's good for me to get used to the one-on-one interviews, you know, talking to people. But I don't even know if interview is the right word. I should say one-on-one conversation because a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, Julie Weiss, who is ridiculous, but we talk a lot and I do take Julie's advice into account because she is an actual comedy fan and, you know, even starting to do something with her show. Uh, She runs a show with Kyle Ray at the Comedy Store in the Belly Room called Bedtime Stories and it's a storytelling show. And I really do feel like Julie has an appreciation for comedy, so I do um, take her opinion seriously, at least on some level, or as as much as I'll take a person's opinion. Uh, But I was talking to Julie one day, and Julie was like, yeah, I listened to the first two episodes, and I didn't feel like I learned much about the guest. And I felt like, well, then you get it. And that's what I told her. (laughs) Because really, you know, 
I, I don't mind either way is the truth of it. I don't mind if the guest wants to talk a lot. I don't mind if the guest, you know, wants me to do more of the talking or some comics I'm going to introduce you guys to and people I'm going to introduce you to aren't the most familiar with doing podcasts or the most used to doing podcasts. So um, in those cases, I'll do most of the talking and I don't mind that. You know, I, I like to get to know the comics a little bit better. And I also have my own ideas of the way that I want things to go. And I guess it's overall better that I'm doing this by myself because then I can completely control the direction it goes in and not have to worry about, you know, another person's input or another person having a say. I um, wanted to do this episode by myself rather than have a guest because there's a couple of things that I want to talk about outside of just the way the podcast will eventually work. Which, ideally for me, I've already mentioned, um, I do plan to have it be a panel and three or four guests. But um, there's some subjects I think people need to get a little bit more clear on where I'm at and a better understanding of what my thinking is. Because a lot of times what happens with me is people, their first introduction to me is through social media or through somebody else telling them that they need to check out a thread I was on on social media. And people can get an idea of of kind of my thinking if they're paying attention or if they're able to put themselves in somebody else's shoes but unless they hear me they really can't get it like the best people for reading my uh, my status updates and stuff like that are the people that already know my personality or have seen me live a couple of times because then they have an idea of what my voice sounds like and the way I say things and the amount that I curse when on the other side, if it's a person that doesn't know me, that's never met me before, a lot of times they take the words that I say in a really harsh way because they read them in their own voice, not mine. And so they think, well, what would it take for me to use the F word that many times? Or what would it take for me to call somebody a bitch? Or like, because a lot of times people don't even get that. Like, I use the word bitch a lot, but. I mean, like, it's not, it's genderless to me. It's just like, you know, I'll say this bitch all the time about guys. I'll just be like, ugh, this bitch. And my friends will laugh, and everybody knows that I'm silly like that. And so they just forgive it. But if I say it online, then all of a sudden I'm a gay misogynist or whatever it is people are doing. Um, There's a lot I want to talk about on this episode. One of them is definitely... Uh, my recent Facebook statuses, there were two of them that really caught people's attention, and I really do want to get into that. Um, I'll start off by reading the first one for you, and then I'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll go into the second one and see actually how much I can talk about either of these two things. So we'll start off with the first one. Here goes. I'll probably be moving out of L.A. before long. I'm bored and beginning to find this city creatively stifling. If the rest of the country agreed my thoughts and opinions put into joke form were offensive or not funny, I would rework and rethink them, but that's not the case. The L.A. comedy scene has turned into a bunch of white kids trying to decide what's offensive, which types of, types of ethnic people have the right opinions, and where we should all be on politics. Even a lot of the newer ethnic comics have started to think this way, and it's gotten boring. The truth is, if these people were funny, I could at least respect it. But again, not the case. Most of these people consistently perform to crickets, and I don't know why so many continue to humor them. If... It's also weird that industry goes along with this. I mean, how many comics have to eat it on Conan before anybody admits that a change, change needs to happen? I guess maybe I don't have to understand. I just have to decide when I've had enough and pick where I want to live instead. <clears throat> yeah, so I bring up this particular uh, post because a lot of people ask me about it in person. People were wondering if I was going to move. Uh, somehow it even got to my mom who doesn't have Facebook, which that got on my nerves, but on a different level uh, just because I, I'm closer to my parents than anybody in the world. So if I wanted to tell them that I was going to leave, I would have told them that I planned to leave. I don't know exactly... Um, 
what I'm going to do right now. I mean, like, I know that for the immediate future, I'm going to stay in L.A. just because I think it's important. I, I got a lot of good feedback in, in real life from people and even, like, uh, messages on Facebook where people were letting me know that they think I should stick around because um, – a lot of people feel the same way I feel. I'm just more vocal about it. And I, I know a lot of people think that I'm an asshole for even saying this kind of stuff because we're all, for some reason, I don't know who decided when, uh, that we were supposed to all be nice to everybody and treat people like they were something special just because they decided to pick up a microphone and do an open mic. Uh, but we're not supposed to acknowledge at all that a lot of these people are just using it as a social outlet. Like a lot of these people don't actually have a love for the craft. They're not really trying to work on things. What they do is they go to one spot, they hook up with their friends, and then uh, they either hang out drinking PBRs, doing something douchey like that, or they try to make it so they're a bunch around a bunch of comics so that they feel like a comic. And that's not what being a comic is. Actually, being a comic is kind of lonely and boring sometimes. Like, yeah, you get to hook up with your friends and hang out a little bit at different points, but... For the most part, it's just trying to get from one spot to the next, especially when you're brand new. I mean, like when you're brand new, you should be really working on your material and, and reworking things that aren't working. Like I notice a lot of people doing that. Like they think that they're smarter than the audience. The audience was too dumb to get me. So they don't change their material. Well, one, I don't think the audience is too dumb to get you. The audience gets you just fine usually. They just don't think you're funny. So trying to blame it on the fact on your intelligence is really the dumbest thing you can do. And it doesn't even make sense. It's like, okay, you're too smart to because you're calling these people stupid, right? So you're too smart to make a bunch of monkeys laugh. Is that what you're saying? You're so smart that you can't figure out how to make stupid people laugh. Makes no sense at all. And then people say that I'm not being nice for saying this kind of stuff. But like I said, I don't know who decided that comedy was supposed to be supportive and nice. Like, that's not the way it was when I first started doing comedy. I'm very honest about the fact that when I first started, people tried to bully me. That's just what happened. But I'm a grown man, so it's kind of hard to bully a grown man if they don't let you. You know, it's pretty easy to bully anybody if they'll allow you, especially now with the way a lot of these people act. I mean, these people act like they're constant victims. I mean, like... I guess if blogs had really been an option when I first started out, maybe I would have wrote a blog about how victimized I felt all the time. But instead, I went home, tightened up my material even better, came up with some comebacks for the people that were trying to bully me just in case they told me anything. And once in a while, I had to use a few of those comebacks. But really, I just had to be strong enough, like material-wise, not only, you know, in my own personality and it, it, like inside, like what was going on, be strong enough, but be strong enough with, with my material. And this is LA, you know, this is where it's all supposed to go down in theory, like, this is supposed to be the most creative place, the place where you can be the most free. But instead, now, I'm constantly having here about, you know, rape on the alternative scene or the improv scene. First off, I don't care what goes on on the improv scene. I'm not an improv comic. So I'm not going to concern myself with what's happening with a bunch of white people that clearly don't know how to respect people. I mean, like, if the rape is happening the way that everybody's saying it's happening, you know, the sexual assault is happening the way that it's happening, it's looking like a very white problem to me right now. Like, I'm not understanding why I'm supposed to care so much what these, not even young, they're usually like 20 to 30-something white people are doing with themselves. I mean, like, you want to write blogs about how to respect yourself and how to keep yourself out of danger. Well, nobody writes blogs about that. That's the most annoying thing. Like, when it comes to, like, how to keep yourself out of dangerous situations, instead people write blogs about what a victim they were. And everybody acts like you're so brave. No, how about you pass that, pass what you learned on? How about you pass on, hey, if a guy tries to talk you into doing something you don't want to do, don't do it. How about, how about you share that a little bit more instead of making it seem like there was no way that anything ever could have been done about any of this stuff? Like that UCB situation happened, and it seems to me, like from what I was reading, that maybe uh, a lot of people fell short on that. Maybe a lot of people didn't do their jobs. But 
Again, I'm not supposed to have an opinion other than the one that you tell me I'm supposed to have. So this is suddenly a guy that was raping a bunch of people, and I'm just supposed to accept that with no other facts. Just, you told me, so now that's what I'm supposed to think. And it does disappoint me that ethnic people are starting to go go along with a lot of what's happening on the L.A. comedy scene. Like, you know, it's like... Really, we're not supposed to use certain words because they you they make you uncomfortable. Like I've literally had people tell me that I should not use the word fag anymore. I do a joke about it, but I've had people tell me that, and it's I came out when I was seventeen years old. To this day, I have a phone full of friends, text messages where we're calling each other fags. That's just the way it is, and we're all gay. So. I'm supposed to change the way I talk because it makes some white kid that went to Berkeley uncomfortable. And when it comes to women, like a lot of times people talk to me like I must hate women. No, I don't hate women at all. I hate stupid bitches. And I'm very clear about that. I don't know how else I need to say this for people to really get it, but that's where I'm at. A lot of this stupid bitch white shit that I'm supposed to care about, I don't care about. I'm not going to pretend to care about it. Like, I was at an open mic not too long ago, and uh, there was a comic, a white female comic, that got mad because I did a joke about white women. I didn't reference her at all during my set. I just was doing, a, well, there was a bit that I did about white women. Never mind the fact that I had done gay jokes already. I had also done jokes about trans people. But now, for some reason, white women is a, are a protected class. Okay, now, what level of white privilege is that white woman that you think that I'm not allowed to mention white women altogether? We all live in the same world. We're all living in the same country together. In some cases, the same neighborhood and definitely on the same comedy scene. But I'm supposed to completely pretend like white women don't exist? Or is is there something you can send me that would tell me what I'm allowed to say about white women? Because I remember growing up, and even now it seems, that white people have a lot of opinions on ethnic people and what we should be doing. But suddenly we mentioned white women, and that's where we've gone too far. I mean, how dare you mention a white woman? I'm supposed to be protected. Well, I don't know who's protecting you, because from what you guys are telling me, your white men are raping you. So find your protector and have him give me a call. I don't know what to tell you. Um, But I am just tired of L.A. comedy turning into this boring situation where everybody's supposed to say the exact same thing. We're all supposed to have the same views, like, I'm voting for Trump, that bothers some people. It doesn't matter that I've given actual reasons why I'm voting for Trump. It doesn't matter that it's not based in racism. It doesn't matter that it's not based in misogyny. None of that matters. That's what I get called online. That's the other thing that's been driving me crazy, is what people do online. What people do online, which is a cheap hustle in my book is when they put words into your mouth i hate when people put words in your mouth like i put a post up and then people will be like so are you saying no bitch i'm saying exactly what you just fucking read don't add anything else to it don't change it because it suits your argument better i'm saying exactly what you just read it's right there you can read it it's typed out it's a facebook post or a twitter post I mean, you can read the exact words, or are you too smart to read the exact words? Does your brain work at such a level that that you read extra things in, in what's clearly written in text? I don't, I don't understand this thinking. It happened to me not too long ago when I did a post about dating and how women shouldn't use men if you have no intention of hooking up with this guy or no romantic interest with this guy, then you know, don't go out on a date. Don't have him spend a bunch of money on you, especially in L.A., because we all know that in L.A., a date can easily turn into two or three hundred dollars. I mean, like minimum for a minimum, a hundred dollars is what it costs to go on a date in L.A. We all know this. So, I mean, like if you have no interest in a guy, then don't go out with him. But if you do go out with him and then at the end of the night, he tries to kiss you. Don't act creeped out about it politely decline 
move on from there, you know, wrap up your night, whatever you want to do. If you guys decide to stay friends, you're both adults. That's between you. I don't have a problem with that. I'm not trying to say what people should do with themselves in that way. But like, as far as acting like he's a creep and writing a blog about, (coughs) excuse me, a blog about him or, um, telling your friends what a creep he was for trying to kiss, you know, he's not a creep. He's a guy that thought he was on a date. And as long as once you tell him that you're not interested, he lets go, lets you alone, then there's nothing else to talk about. He's not a creep. He just tried to kiss you. That's what guys do sometimes. That's what girls do sometimes. I mean, like, I've had girls try to kiss me before, sometimes because they thought it was going to be in a romantic way, which I don't know why they thought that, because I've been out forever, but it does happen. I've also had girls try to pick up on me because they think it's a challenge to try to turn the gay guy. You want to talk about creepy? That's a creepiness that a lot of gay men don't talk about that we sometimes have to deal with women. And sometimes women will grab you in places they shouldn't grab you because they think it's funny because you're a gay man. And it's, he doesn't care. He doesn't mind. No, bitch, you're still touching my fucking body. I and mean, anybody will tell you about me that that's one thing I'm big on. Like, I'm not one of those gay men that's going to grab your boobs at a gay bar. There's no reason for me to grab any of your any of your parts, your body at all. I mean, like, I'll touch your waist so we can take a picture together, but I'm not grabbing your boobs. I'm definitely not touching anywhere else. Not for, Oh, every once in a while, yeah, every once in a while I will give a girl a slap on the ass. Like, I was at Slow Comedy Festival one year. And if you know me, you know I'm friends with Jen Murphy. I'm a fan of Jen Murphy. I love Jen Murphy. I think she's so great on so many levels. And we've done some gigs together. Um, she's just a great comic and really funny and really fun. And uh, we have a fun relationship like that. So I saw Jen Murphy at a bar, or, you know, at one of the bars that was uh, hosting the show. I think it was Spike and Slow, which uh, host the pe- the poison show is what it's called that's where comics drink and then go on stage a little bit buzzed or drunk and uh i saw jen murphy standing at the bar and i walked up behind her i wound up and slapped her in the ass not super hard of course but just you know a a little a little wallop well joke was on me because the woman that turned around was definitely not jen murphy (laughs) But thankfully, she had a good sense of humor about it because I was right away very apologetic. Like, I'm so sorry. I thought you were my friend Jen. And then she just started laughing and we had a quick laugh and uh, I left her alone. But I did feel kind of like a creep because now I just slapped this woman that I've never met on the ass. Um, But, you know, it's rare that I have that kind of relationship with women because I feel like... um, You know, we should all kind of keep our hands to ourselves, especially in the sexual way, unless somebody, you know, lets you know that they want you or something. But my point is, I didn't say anything about like rape, kissing, I mean, like rape or anything like that, or that you had to give him the kiss. And then it got posted on this feminist blog and they were all like, so if a man rapes a woman, it's like, okay, I didn't say anything about rape. So I don't know why you keep trying to bring it back to rape. Well, I know why you could try to keep bringing it back to rape because that's the only argument you have prepared. That's really the only thing you're ready to discuss is rape. You're not willing to discuss the fact that some women do admit that uh, they'll, they will think about different guys that they can go out with just to get a free meal. I mean, like, that may not be you, but some women admit that. I know because some women admitted that to me again after I posted that facebook status they were like yeah i know exactly what you're talking about i've been that woman before i've done that before and i admit it's not right but i did it at the time i was hungry so you know i'm just saying don't do that and then you won't find yourself in awkward situations people try to act like i'm an asshole for it then this post you know a lot of people let me know that uh they didn't want me to leave la and i think it's important that i stay in la for right now um because Even though it's been a bit slow and I've had to deal with um, some opposing viewpoints, a lot of people are getting me. And it it is starting to change the way people are in L.A. Like last night, I was at Big Wang's in Hollywood and Alex Duong and and Haiti host that show. Um, if you aren't familiar, it's a great open mic. It starts at like 11 and I say it's a great open mic because you can work on any thought or idea you have and not have the thought police 
bugging you about what you're not supposed to say. Nobody, nobody's going to write a blog from Big Wings. It's not that kind of crowd. So um, I was there, and Alex DeWong went on a rant about people not being real in comedy. And, you know, we've talked about this before. I've talked about it with Alex. And I know that he gets it. Like, I know that a lot of the comics are getting it. Like, a lot of really funny comics are beginning to wonder why they're sitting on the sidelines. Or like what? What exactly am I waiting for? Especially when they watch the comics that we're told are good, eat it everywhere they go. Like it's consistently like there are some people that think that comedy is bad because of what they're seeing on Comedy Central and what they see when a friend invites them out to the show. In a lot of cases, their friend isn't a real comic. In a lot of cases, a friend, their friend is either a bringer or if it's like an alt show and it's advertises, you know, like it's got a great flyer and stuff like that, which that's one thing I'll give you, alt kids. You guys make some great flyers for some crappy shows. You guys can really make a crappy show look good. And you've been able to get over on a lot of people this far. But... People are starting to figure out, and they're starting to think comedy is bad. Like, even at a lot of clubs. I mean, like, if you look at a lot of the comics going up at the clubs, a lot of times now, their comics that the industry has picked, which I don't know where the industry is getting their ideas. I mean, like, I know for a while, Conan was... uh, J.C. Cacoli had something to do with that, which if you've ever seen J.C. Cacoli... That chick has no business having anything to do with being a tastemaker in comedy. She's not even funny herself. I mean, like, I know she's done some festivals and stuff, but I think that's because her blog is popular because she is not funny. If I remember correctly, I met her when she was a waitress at the Laugh Factory. And I don't know what it was about serving drinks that told her that she would be funny. I mean, like, I know it's worked out well with her for her fashion blog, but as far as her actually being funny, one time she sent me a message because, like, we used to be friendly, right? Because I don't mind being friendly with a lot of these unfunnies because they're just going to be around. That's what, that's what it is, right? Um, they're going to be around in different places. What started to bother me is that the unfunny people started becoming tastemakers. Like, uh, not too long ago... What was his, uh, my friend, he's my friend, uh, Tamar Katan on, on like episode two or something like that, asked me uh, why it was I didn't like Brandy Posey. And I gave a couple of reasons, but really the reason I don't like Brandy Posey is because Brandy Posey used to be cool. Then she started booking, booking picture this, and suddenly she started feeling like she was a tastemaker, and you could tell in the way that she was carrying herself and stuff like that. And it was just like, you're not even funny yourself. I mean, like, you're not funny, but for some reason now you're supposed to be a tastemaker? How about the, fun, the unfunny people sit off in the background? How about we not hear a lot from you? Because that's what's bothering me the most about the censorship that's happening in stand-up right now. It's people that haven't figured out how to make things funny, so they get mad at other people that have and tell you you can't say this anymore. You're not allowed to work on that idea because I don't know how I would be able to make that funny. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but I'm not going to change what I do because your comedy isn't up to par. That's just not the way it It makes no sense at all that I would take advice from somebody that's less funny. How does that make sense to anybody in the world that we're all supposed to be listening to people that aren't funny? Like, take all of the ones that you see, the social justice warriors on town, uh, uh, online. Take all of the ones on Facebook and tell me how funny each one of them are. Tell me, tell me which one I'm supposed to be listening to because they have such a refreshing point of view once they go on stage and they rock an audience. When you can really tell me that, then I'll listen to you. Because most of the quote-unquote comics that are writing blogs or on the social justice warrior side pretty much just eat it when they go on stage. There's nothing great about what they do. People respect them. They'll get golf claps throughout their set because they say everything they're supposed to say. They're on the quote-unquote right side of every issue. But... When it comes to actual funny, not a lot happening in that way. Oh, when it comes to actual funny, there's another thing I want to talk about. Um, 
Last week, if you listened, I had Nick Guerra on my podcast. If you don't know, Nick Guerra is one of my best friends in comedy, um, but I don't plan to have him on the podcast again. Uh, the reason I don't plan to have him on the podcast, and this will also answer for a lot of people why I haven't asked you to be on my podcast. I know I have a lot of good friends that are doing really well, and maybe if I had you on my podcast, I could up the listenership or, or expedite the process a little bit. But here's the thing. I know a lot of my friends are doing well in the industry way. So, um, Nick Guerra being one of them. So let's talk about Nick Guerra specifically. Nick Guerra is doing really well in the industry way. Like he's been on tonight show and, um, he's got a, you know, he was on NBC for last comic standing and a lot of people, he won stand up for diversity. A lot of people in the industry are liking Nick right now. So my thinking is as a good friend, it's better for me to stay out of the way and not really let Nick's comedy brand mix, excuse me, mix with mine too much because um, there's too many places for Nick to get in trouble with the stuff I talk about. Like I talk about, you know, some of the ridiculous sexual assault happening. I talk about um, you know, Black Lives Matter. I talk about politics. I talk about all sorts of stuff that can easily in today's culture make it so somebody doesn't work. Cause that's one of the things that I, I really don't respect about what's happening right now is when people don't like your opinion, what they try to do is make it so you don't work. Like they'll hit up everybody they can possibly hit up to try to make it so that you can't get booked or that, so that so that people will feel like you're a liability. Like, this is what people do. And I would just hate for that to happen to Nick or any other one of my friends that's doing really well just because they decided to come on my podcast, which for them is fun. For me, I'm actually going to make something out of my podcast, but for them, it's just a fun, you know, let's do it, let's have fun. And then if they say the wrong thing and people start getting like, oh, he's so offensive, and then it turns into like a hiccup in their career, I don't want to be responsible for that hiccup. So um, that goes for a couple of my other friends. I have one friend um, that's on the industry side of things, And I was hanging out with her over the weekend. She um, asked me about the podcast and I was like, yeah, I'd love to have you on, but I just know the way we talk. That's the other thing with me and my friends or anybody that knows me because I'm so relaxed and able to listen to any opinion about every about anything and not be bothered by it. Unbothered by Tyra Vera. Um, I'm able to not be bothered by different opinions. People are really open with me. So I know a lot of people, it's easy for them to forget a microphone's in front of them and just start talking to me because we talk the way we talk. And I'd hate for anybody to either lose their job or, again, just have a little bit of a headache where it's like, ugh, I wish I hadn't done that. Um, But I also don't want to change my content. I also want to talk about the things that really do bother me. And, uh, you know, I speak as freely as I want to because at this point, this is my brand. This is what I do. I mean, I say what I feel like. And that wasn't by design, you know. It's just I was really nice about everything for a long time. That's what a lot of people won't acknowledge is I was really nice about a lot of stuff for a long time. And then people just started abusing it. You know, people started abusing it by, um, you know, I'd be super nice off stage and everything like that, but I'd go on stage to work on my stuff and people wouldn't like my content. So they'd give me like shorter amount of time, but they didn't care that it was going really well and that the audience or the comics in some cases, if it was just a comic audience, were laughing at the things that I would say, it would bother them that not only was I talking about these things that they didn't like, but I was also getting laughs off of them. So then people started doing things like lighting me early and I always have a stopwatch on so I would let them know that they had lit me early after a while because the first couple times it happened I was like oh I guess maybe we're running short on time or something like that then I noticed other people getting their time and you know 
Oh, that's the last thing I have to talk about. I know some comics asked me about this. People wanted me to talk about it. Uh, it was the other Facebook post. Last night I just did five spots, if you count the one where I yelled at the host for being a disrespectful little turd. Maybe I'll talk about it on the next episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That, that was one people asked me about like from an advice point of view because I guess they want to know how to, you know what I meant by disrespectful. And this is the thing with me. I go to a lot of open mics. Like that night I went to five, obviously. Well, one was a show, which was at the Karma Lounge. Thank you, Duke Herpilani. Uh That was a great show. It was really fun. Then I went straight over to Hollywood Hotel. Then uh, the next stop was Days Inn. That's where we ran into the problem. Joseph P. Larkin I've been friends with for a long time. Joseph, uh, I mentioned a couple episodes that I wanted to have him on the podcast because I think he's misunderstood. Little did I know... Joseph was going to act like an asshole two weeks in a row. And this is the way it works for me. If I just decide to show up at your open mic, I don't expect any special treatment at all. I sign up like everybody else. I put my name in the bucket. Whatever the process is, that's what I do. But if you hit me up specifically and ask me to do your show or your open mic because you know that it will make your show look more professional, which is the way it's presented to me. This isn't me, like, putting words into people's mouths. This is the way people hit me up. Joseph P. Larkin specifically hits me up this way when he gets in contact with me. It's always like, hey, I'm trying to make it look like a real show. I want it to be professional. I think I can actually make this work. Um, So if you can... Yeah, if you can, come out and, you know, give an actual set and whatever, whatever. So I show up the week that he hit me up, which was two weeks ago. But I had a party to go to. And uh, even though I sent him a message ahead of time saying, I'm going to be there, I'm on my way now, he didn't have room for me to go on right away. So no big deal. Um, I just, I wanted to get to my friend's party. I haven't seen my, I see, get to see my friends once a year now, these particular friends. And so I wanted to make it to their party. So I just sent Joseph a text while I was in the room that said, like, you know, I'll just come back next week. Um, and I didn't think anything of it, you know? So I come back next week, which was just this last Saturday or whatever, And um, I get there super early. The band's still breaking down because they have live music right before they do the comedy. So the band is still breaking down. Uh, I sit through that. It's me and... um, At that point, I think it was just me and one other comic, Wub. But I had hit Joseph up before just to remind him that I was on my way. I didn't hear anything from him, but that's not uncommon if you know Joseph. And so... um, You know, I get there, and he says that I'm the third comic up, which the other two comics, not for nothing, did come after I got there. But I'm still not tripping off that, okay? Like, if I'm going to be third, I'm going to be third. You know, Joseph announces the order from the stage, and he was like, okay, it's going to be Richard Bain, then I don't remember the other guy's name, and then it's Ty Rivera. And so he was like, you're third, Ty. And so I repeat, I'm third just to make sure. And he says, yes. So Richard Bain goes on stage. Richard Bain's a friend of mine, funny comic. I watch Richard Bain. That's fun. Then he gets off stage and his friend is up. And so I talk to Richard Bain really quick. We're talking in the hallway. And me, I know about what the comic is doing on stage as far as time-wise. And so, you know, I just know to be in the room as soon as I hear the music again because there's music playing between each one of the comics. And I did stay in for Richard's set, so I saw the first comic, I just missed the second one. So it's not like I'm disrespecting the room and not paying attention. I've already seen one comic. But as any comic will tell you, when you're in a room like that, you don't sit and watch every comic. It's just the way it works. We all see a bunch of comedy. We're not going to stay in the room to watch people. Um, So I walk in, and... It's before the other comic is, or the other comic has just gotten off stage. Joseph P. Larkin just got on stage, and um, he announces Wub. And I was thinking in my head, like, 
there must be a mistake. So I just keep walking towards the stage and he's like, no, it's Wub right now. So I get off. So I come back and sit down and the whole time I'm stewing because like I said, I ended up doing five sets that night. I wanted to do as many as I could possibly do. So I'm trying to get in and out of there and also do Joseph P. Larkin the favor of being at the room. And keep in mind, Joseph P. Larkin has called me to do a bunch of crappy stuff. Like just anytime there's a crappy situation going on, Joseph P. Larkin calls me to see if I can show up and do a set. And if I'm in town, I always do it for him. So if I'm supposed to go up third and I want to make sure that I go up third because that's where you told me I was going to be, that's where I'm supposed to be. Like, don't change the order because I wasn't in the room. Like, what? what's that about? Like, I wasn't in the room, so I'm not being disrespect or so I'm not being respectful to the other comic. Is that what you're trying to claim? Or is it that you thought I wasn't going to be around? Because I don't know if you know this, but I'm a professional. I can actually be in the room when it's time for me to be on stage. That's something I've proven over and over. So I don't understand what was happening. So I get on stage and I ask about that. I just, because I couldn't help it. I just was annoyed. And I got on stage, and the first thing I did was ask why I got bumped. And Joseph P. Larkin didn't have an answer. Instead, he tried to just stare me down, which I'm not afraid of staring fucking Joseph P. Larkin's bitch ass in the fucking eyes. I mean, like, I know he has a reputation for beating women, but I guarantee you I'm not one of them. Uh, But anyway, so I, we stare each other in the eyes and you'll understand why I'm upset in just a second, why I talk about Joseph P. Larkin this way after I said that I was friends with him, because technically I was friends with him and I did like him. But what really got on my nerves about this and made me lose all respect for him was after I, because what I did was I asked why I got bumped. We stared each other down. Then the guitar player did something because there was a guitar player there. And then I said, I'm fucking pissed off and I don't even want to perform now. So I'm getting off stage and I walked off stage and people can say that's unprofessional. You know what else is unprofessional? Not being paid to do shows. So I wasn't being paid that night. Don't expect me to act like a fucking professional when somebody's being a fucking piece of shit with me. Cause really professional would have been, I go up third, like I'm supposed to, that's the way the show's supposed to run. Then I have a professional set. Then we're all done. But if we're not being professional, then we're all not going to be professional. And I'm part of that process. I'm definitely going to let you know that I'm not fucking performing in your bullshit fucking room. And I'm walking off your fucking stage right then. Then I stay in the room so you can talk shit if you want to, if you want to say something to me, if you want to address me, now you have the mic in your hand you have full control let's fucking hear it i'll sit and wait for it so i sit and i wait for it and nothing gets said about me which i'm cool with you know i'm cool like we can talk about it later or whatever in my thinking at that point me and joseph are still friends we're still friends so there's really no problem so i'm like i'm gonna go ahead and leave now i've got shit to do like in my head this is what i think i don't bother announcing it i'm just leaving And then I walk out of the room, and I get a text message, and I'm standing next to the door, and then it hits me. Maybe I should wait around and see if they say anything about me once I've left. So I'm standing, like, you know, in the hallway, checking text messages, doing the kind of stuff that I do. And at this point, I'll admit it, just basically stalling so I can see if he says anything about me, uh, thinking I'm not in the, not around anymore. And sure enough, I go on, uh, he, the other comic wraps up. Uh, he goes on stage and starts talking about how uh, it seemed like I had a meltdown and um, that he doesn't give a fuck is the way he put it. You know, fucking bitch ass joke. Joseph P. Larkin is like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Fucking piece of shit. So anyway, so I walk back in the room and I'm like, oh, really? You could have said all this while I was still in the room. And then uh, you heard somebody like, oh, shit. And then I let Joseph P. Larkin know basically what I let you guys know right now that, you know, whenever you ask me to do a shitty room, I'm there to do it. There's no reason to bump me. When I'm supposed to go up third, I'm supposed to go up third. That's the way it's supposed to work. Then this girl starts chiming in, which I've never met this girl in my life, and she's not even a comic. And she's like, um, because I was like, you know, everybody knows I work. Everybody knows I have other stuff to do. So I don't know why you would think I'd be down to just waste my time waiting around. And so um, then this girl chimes in. She's like, oh, my 
my God, are you saying you're better than people? Are you, because everybody, and this is what gets me about people, that people don't understand that comedy is the kind of thing where, yes, some people are better than other people. Some people are just naturally funnier than other people. Some people are good at working an audience. Some people are good at doing material. Some people are good at, like, you know, just the discipline part of stand-up, which a lot of people don't even understand that there's discipline involved. Like, you have to, you know, be able to do a bunch of spots. You also have to be able to stick to a set at certain points there like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it so yeah some people are better and i'm tired of people trying to act like it's not like you know like we're all the same because it's an art really and we're all just the same you know it's all kind of the same no it's not the same some of you suck some of you need to understand that you're not good at what it is you're trying to do and the fact that you even call yourself a comic hurts comedy like it really does hurt comedy that some of these people call themselves comics but i'm supposed to act like we're all the same And, you know, instead I went the nice route that night and was like, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's working comics and there's not working comics. I know. Everybody knows that I'm a working comic. So treat me with some respect. Don't waste my time if you ask me to be at your show. Like I said, if I just show up at your show, however it works is however it works. But if you specifically ask me to take time out of my life and show up at your show then yes, of course, you should treat me with some respect. You asked me to be there for a reason. You must think something of me. It can't suddenly turn into I'm not shit because I showed up. Like, that makes no sense at all. And I am tired of these bystanders because that girl wasn't even a comic. She was like the girlfriend of the guy who was playing guitar. And I really do feel like, you know, just handle your girlfriend. The same goes for women. Handle your boyfriends. Like, when it comes to work, I don't know why you're bringing them to work anyway. Like, if you're supposed to be doing an open mic, which is you working, then why are you bringing your boyfriend or girlfriend along? What other job do you bring your girlfriend or boyfriend along to? And what makes you think we want to hear their opinions if you do bring them along? If they do come along, then you tell them, stay quiet, stay out of it. Some of it is affecting my business. You know, because... Believe me, that guitar player, if I see him anywhere and he wants, like, a set in anything I'm doing, I'll never work with that kid. He's not smart enough to keep control of his business. He doesn't know to tell his girl, hey, nobody needs to hear from you in this situation. You're not technically part of it. And if you don't get that much about doing stand-up, then I don't want anything to do with you. I mean, like, I never want to deal with your girlfriend. I should never even have to know what your boyfriend or girlfriend's voice sounds like. That's the truth of the matter. So anyway, so when it came to that situation and Joseph P. Larkin, I guess what I would say to other comics that are running rooms and starting stuff like that up is if you do ask a comic to show up at your room and take time out of their day to do it, get them up within one or two. Or if you give them the order, then that's the order. You don't bump people that you've invited to be out. That's not the way it works. Like, and yeah, some people do get bumped. That's a part of comedy. Like, of course, people get bumped because there's bigger comics in the room or comics that have done more and stuff like that. But the person I got bumped for, nothing against Wub. I like Wub as a person. We were ch- we were chatting before the show. We were chatting at a party the week before. I mean, like, we every once in a while chat on Facebook. Like, I, I like Wub. But at the same time, just as far as comedy goes, I've done more stuff. I have more credits. I'm further along i work more so what do you want me to do act like i'm cool to get bumped for wub i'm not I'm not gonna pretend i am because it makes you more comfortable all right well um i i think that i've talked about everything this is the only episode that i'll probably be doing a hundred percent by myself but uh i thought that it would be nice to do one by myself so that i could explain to you guys where i'm at on these things and um i to answer the question in short form i will not be leaving la anytime soon i may um at some point decide to leave LA but for right now I think it is important that I be here so I will be hitting as many open mics as possible like I said I don't expect any special treatment if I show up at your open mic I know some of you give me special treatment and special consideration and I definitely do appreciate you and um Santa will remember you when Christmas rolls around I can tell you that but um that's between you and Santa 
either way, um, I'm a very easy guy when it comes to stand-up. I've been working it for so long that I know how it goes. And, yeah, I'm, I'm very easy in this way. Like, you, anybody that's seen me at an open mic, even though they try to talk shit because I go on stage and say whatever I want, the truth is, at open mics, I conduct myself in a professional manner. And I'm pretty much nice to everybody. So it's not like I'm asking for anything special in, in asking just to be respected when you ask me to volunteer my time to do your show, which is what it comes down to. I'm volunteering my time. Uh, also, if I haven't hit you up for my podcast, I think I explained why. If we're good friends, you've got some shit going, you're actually working and stuff like that. And I know you've got like more of a squeaky clean reputation, then uh, I haven't invited you on because I don't want to get you in trouble. The people that I do invite on, it's not that I don't respect you. Uh, I definitely do respect you. The thing is, I just know that the people I invite on, for the most part, will be people that do edgier style and don't mind having all of these thoughts and ideas out and even in some cases, I guess, having to defend them if somebody gets upset about it. So it's just a matter of like people kind of knowing and consenting to what they're getting into. You know, I don't ever, like I said, want to get in anybody in trouble that doesn't need it, doesn't want it, isn't that type of personality. So if I haven't asked you, it's probably related to that. If I haven't asked you and you don't care about what you talk about, you're completely all right talking about everything, then hit me up. I mean, like, I'm sure I'd be open to having you on. I'm open to having a lot of people on. And really, that's what I want to do with this podcast, um, like, in the interim before I get it to where I'm doing panel, is I want to be able to introduce you guys to a bunch of people that you don't usually hear from, but definitely do bring it on stage. A a lot of comics out there, like my friend Dicey... um, I want to have her on because she's got a great opinion or great opinions, and I know she definitely can hold a conversation. And uh, I I think she's super interesting. Um, then who else do I want to have on that I've thought about? Oh, I just met this guy Aston the other day. That's like a real Black Lives Matter guy, um, but you know, same kind of thing. Like he's open minded and willing to like have a real conversation, but. He's been very involved with Black Lives Matter. So, uh, and I know Aston doesn't sound like a black name, but he is black. I know some people were thinking, oh, of course you want to talk to Aston. You don't mind talking to Aston. Aston's black. Um, so, yeah, I want to have Aston on to talk about Black Lives Matter. Then Damar Randy, I want to have on at some point just because I like Damar Randy and I think he's super talented. And I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about, but, you know, I really like what I see from him on, on the open mic scene. So, I want to get to know him better, have him on the podcast so you guys can all be introduced to him. Um, I know a lot of comics listen to this. Some of you won't be getting introduced to him. Instead, you'll just be finding out a bit more about him. And I know there's other people that I really want to have on. They're just not coming to mind right now. So please don't crucify me about this and... Give me a hard time about not mentioning your name. If I've said I want to have you on, then I want to have you on. Um, Yeah, and other than that, it's the same point as always. Fuck people. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, You can find out whatever you want to find out about me at uh, tyrivera.com or americasfavoritefag.com. Then first weekend in September, I'm going to be performing at Laughs Comedy Cafe in Tucson, Arizona. I love that club. I'm going to be there, I think, Friday to Sunday is the way that works out. You can check out tyrivera.com or americasfavoritefag.com for the details on that. Um, Outside of that, I'm doing a bunch of stuff in L.A., um wednesday which is tomorrow i think i'm gonna post this today so um tomorrow you can catch me at the irvine improv where i will be featuring for mr darren carter the party starter and then uh jackie fabulous or jackie champagne uh whichever one you know her as hilarious comic she's gonna be um hosting the show and so that's gonna be a show if you get a chance to make it out to the irvine improv tomorrow night wednesday august 24th you will get your money's worth because that's gonna be a great show jackie is absolutely hilarious darren is great and then we all know what i do 
talk shit and be full of myself. Anyway, this was episode eight of Unbothered by Ty Rivera, the farewell to Zach Elk episode. Fuck Zach Elk. Just playing Zach. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll call you. We'll talk soon. Bye. Oh, yeah. Wrapping up. Tyra Vera signing off. Gay. Barf.